Good morning and happy Sabbath. Boy, that was wonderful music, wasn't it? Uh, the title of the sermon is The Name Above All Names. And it started when I, uh, when I bought a CD, and I re- a Christian CD, and I really liked it, but there was just something that was bothering me about it, and I couldn't put my, name, my finger on it. Um, and, then, uh, and then I realized that um, they never mentioned the word Lord or Jesus or Christ. It was always you. You lift me up. You've done this for me. You light up my life. Um, and so as I listened to some of the songs, I couldn't tell, you know, I knew that he had to be talking about God, but he could have been talking about his girlfriend or his wife, you know, you know, the way she lights up his life. And, you know, so, uh, so that just kind of bothered me. And it, it was kind of the genesis of the, of the sermon. Because um, names, names often reveal a, a person's character. We talk about, for businesses, name brand. We buy the name brand product because we want to buy the best or we want because that has a certain quality associated with it. In the Bible, the names often reflected a person's character. Jacob's represent you know was trickster david beloved abraham father of the multitude moses drawn out well jesus he was given many names um the alpha and the omega the desire of nation emmanuel which means god with us um probably over 200 others um but jesus jesus is the name that declares his identity and his and his intentions in matthew um, the birth of Jesus was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to him unto a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, Fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. So Jesus means Jehovah is salvation. So in spite of all he did while he was here, his primary purpose in coming to this world was to die for his people. Christ. Christ is, we use that name together, Jesus Christ. It's both a title and a name. Um, It's a title, he could be more correctly referred to as Jesus the Christ, because Christ was synonymous with the Messiah of Jewish prophecy. However, in 1 Peter 4.14, If ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye, for the spirit of glory of God resteth upon you. On their part he is evil spoken of, but on your part he is glorified. So then Christ is also a name. Um, Even though it does mean Messiah, it was only given to uh, Jesus of Nazareth. And um, so so is Jesus Christ then one name or two names? Well, just as my last name distinguishes me from other men of the, the same first name, Christ differentiates the Lord Jesus from other Jesuses in the Bible. And there were three of them, two named directly and one by implication. So there's, um, when we talk about in the name of Jesus Christ, there's like, in generally, there's three, three facets of how that can be used of in the name of. We have a legal union, 
a life union, and a love union. In our everyday life, people, men in partnership and business are joined into what one has done in the name of the other and vice versa. The employee who runs a business for his employer constantly acts on the name of employer. He may have extended to him all the privileges of going with power in that name so far as the business is concerned. He can buy or sell with the power given to him to use through his employer's name. Another type of name is father and son. The son bears the father's name, and because he has that name, there fall unto him certain privileges. This is a union of life. There is a blood relationship. And then there is the union of love. The bride takes the name of the bridegroom. She then has certain rights and privileges in virtue of the fact that she has taken a new name. These modern analogies come far from representing what Christ meant by in my name. He meant legal, life, and love union. And yet more than this, the central fact lies in the power of the name. From our union with Christ, we act in the name of Jesus. We are joined in a legal union with Jesus. We are his partners, his servants. We are working in his name. This is our position in virtue of our redemption and new birth. We are carrying out his tasks in his name. And this is the part I think about when Paul talks about we are the body. We are many parts. Jesus, um, we are out doing his will, being, you know, his hands. We are joined in the life union just as the father is with the son. Our position is not that one of outside the family of God, but that of one of God's kins. We are sons of God. We are joined vitally to God through the new birth. Then there's, then there's the love union. We are the bride of Christ. In one sense, we have taken his name. We are betrothed. We are joined to Christ as the object of his love in this age as well as in the future consummation. All this can be said as part of our position in Christ. It does not depend on our spiritually or our quality of life. It is grounded only on our salvation and our new birth. It is certain that this aspect was included when Christ told his disciples to ask in my name. The power in the name of Jesus Christ is not in saying the words, but in understanding and believing all that the name of Jesus Christ signifies. His name represents all of his finished work on the cross, fulfilling God's plan of redemption and salvation. Victory over sin, victory over death, and victory over the devil's entire realm. When the name of Jesus Christ is invoked, it carries with it all the power and distinction God gave to it. God raised Jesus from the dead and elevated him to his right hand and gave him a name above every name that is named, not only in this age, but in the age to come. Jesus Christ had tremendous power at his disposal. Not only could he use this power at his discretion, but he also authorized others to use the same power. Among the following were some of his authorizations of power from the Father. He had the power to heal the sick, raise the dead. In Luke, when the men were come unto him and said, John the Baptist has sent us unto thee, saying, Art thou he that should come, or should we look for another? And in that same hour he cured many of their infirmities and plagues and of evil spirits. And unto many of them blind he gave sight. And then Jesus answered and said unto them, Go your way and tell John what things you have seen and heard, how the blind see, the lame walk, 
the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and to the poor, the gospel is preached. In Acts uh, 5, 15, and 16, insomuch as they brought forth the sick into the street and laid them on the beds and couches, that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. There also came a multitude out of the cities, around about unto Jerusalem, bringing sick folks and them that were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed, every one of them. He also had the power to control those evil spirits. In Matthew, and then, and when they were come to the multitude, there came to him a certain man, kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he's a lunatic and sore vexed. For oftentimes he falleth unto the fire and often into the water. I brought him to thy disciples, but they could not cure him. And Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer with you? Bring him hither to me. And Jesus rebuked the devil, and he departed out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. So, in 17, Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation. So it seemed like it was the disciples' lack of faith, not the man's lack of faith that was preventing the, uh, the healing. And then uh, he authorizes the use of this power in Mark. And he called unto him the twelve and began to send them forth two by two and gave them power over unclean spirits. And he commanded them that they should take nothing for their journey, save staff only, no script, no bread, no money in their purse. They should be shod with sandals, but not put on two coats. And he said to them, In what place ye enter into a house, there abide thee till ye depart from that place. And whoever shall not receive you nor hear you, when you depart thence, shake off the dust under your feet for a testimony against them. Verily I say unto you, there shall be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah on the day of judgment than for that city. So they went out and they preached that men should repent that they cast out many devil and anointed the sick with oil and healed them. And then in Luke, and John answered and said, Master, we saw one casting out devils in thy name, and we forbade him because he followed not us. And Jesus said unto him, Forbid him not, for he that is not against us is for us. Jesus had the power to manipulate natural laws, And when he entered into the ship, his disciples followed him. And behold, there rose a great tempest in the sea, insomuch that the ship was covered with waves, but he was asleep. And his disciples came to him and woke and saying, Lord, save us, we perish. And he said unto them, Why are ye fearful, O ye of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. And the men marveled, saying, What manner is this, even that the winds and the sea obey him? And later on in Matthew, um, we see where Peter gets his chance. In the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out in fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me to come on the water. And Jesus said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. 
And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hands and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore that thou doubt? And when they had come into the ship, the wind ceased. And then they were in the ship, they worshipped him, saying, O true thou art the Son of God. Jesus had the power to create physical things. And when it was evening, the disciples came to him, saying, This is a desert place. And the time is now past. Send the multitude away, that they may go into the village and buy themselves victuals. And Jesus said unto them, They need not depart. Give them, give you them to eat. And he said, un, and they said unto him, We have here but five loaves and two fishes. And he said, Bring them hither to me. And he commanded the multitude to sit on the grass. And he took the five loaves and the two fishes. And looking up from heaven, he blessed and brake and gave the loaves to his disciples and the disciples to the multitude. And they all did eat, and they were filled, and they took up the fragments that remained, twelve baskets full. And when they had eaten, there were about 5,000 men, besides women and children. And then we see in John, then the third day there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee. The mother of Jesus was there, that both Jesus called and his disciples to the marriage. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus said unto them, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, what have I to do with thee? The hour is not yet come. And his mother said to the servants, Whoever, Whatever ye say unto you, do it. And there were six water pots of stone, after the manner of the purifying of the Jews, containing two or three firkins apiece. And Jesus said unto them, Fill the water pots with water. And they filled them to the brim. And he said unto them, Draw out now, and bear unto the governor of the feast, and they bear it. When the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine, and knew not whence it came, but the servants which drew the water knew, the governor of the feast called the bridegroom, and he said unto them, Every man at the beginning does set forth the good wine, and when the men have well drunk, that which is worse, but thou hast kept the good wine until now. This is the beginning of the miracles that Jesus did in Cana of Galilee which manifested his glory, and the disciples believed on him. He also had the power to destroy physical existence, the power to bring curses, the power to give and take life. Um, In John, these words spoke Jesus and lifted his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come, glorify thy son that thy son might glorify thee. Thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should have eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou sent. And in Acts, but Peter said, Ananias, why hast thou... Why has Satan filled thy heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the peace of the land? While it remained, was it not thy own? And after it was sold, was it not thy own power? Why hast thou conceived this thing in thy heart? Thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God. And Ananias, hearing these words, fell down, gave up the ghost, and a great fear came over all of them that heard these things. And the young men arose, wound him up, carried him out, and buried him. And in the space of about three hours after, when his wife, not knowing what had done, came in, Peter answered unto her, Tell me whether ye sold the land for so much. And she said, Yea, for so much. 
And Peter said to her, How is it that you have agreed to tempt the the Spirit of the Lord? Behold, the feet of them which buried thy husband are at the door, and thou shalt carry thee out. And she fell straight down at his feet, and yielded up the ghost. And the young man came in and found her dead, carrying her forth, buried her by her husband. We also can read about in Acts where Peter raised Tabitha from the dead. Jesus also had the power to enlist angelic help. And, and we can read about where Peter was um, kept in prison, but praying without ceasing the church. But prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. And when Herod would have brought him forth, that same night Peter was sleeping, between two soldiers bound with chains, and the keepers before the door kept the prison. And behold, an angel of the Lord came upon him, and a light shined in the prison. And he smote Peter on the side, and he raised him up. Arise up quickly, and his chains fell off from his hands. And the angel said unto him, Gird thyself, and bind thy sandals. And so he did, and said unto them, Cast thy garments about thee, and follow me. And he went out and followed him, wist not that it was true, which was done by the angel, but he thought he saw a vision." So we can see the many things that Jesus did, his disciples also did. And we read in uh, John, Truly, truly, I say to you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, he shall also do. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go to the Father. And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. We also read in, in Mark, and these signs, these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils, they shall speak with new languages, they shall take up servants, and if they shall drink any deadly thing, it will not hurt them. They lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Also in Mark, and they went forth preaching everywhere, the Lord working with them, confirming the word with signs following. Amen. So when we ask in his name and talk to Christ today, we must remember that Jesus is more than a name. He is our Lord and Master, and we should address him as such. Because the name, whether it be Jesus or Joshua or Yeshua, really means Jehovah is our salvation. Ellen White um, adds to this in uh, Thoughts from the Mount of Blessings. God will honor Jesus' name in our prayers. Every promise in the word of God furnishes us with subject matter for prayer. Presenting the pledged word of Jehovah as our assurance. Whatever spiritual blessing we need, it is our privilege to claim through Jesus. We may tell the Lord with the simplicity of a child exactly what we need. We may state to him our temporal matters, asking him for bread and raiment, as well as for the bread of life and the robe of Christ's righteousness. Your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things and you are invited to ask him concerning them. It is through the name of Jesus that every favor is received. God will honor that name and will supply your necessities from the riches of his liberality. She also said, The name of Jesus Christ is all-powerful to save. It is this magic name that dispels our darkness, gives us light unto the Lord, it cheers our hearts in the darkest seasons of our pilgrimages, and it gives us peace with God. In conclusion, yes, there is something very special about Jesus' name. Do you know him? Have you experienced the power behind his name? If so, then you know why his name is a name above every other name. 
You know why Jesus is exalted and why the mention of his name can can speak peace to the troubled, comfort the hurting, bring life to the dead, joy to the sad and hope to the hopeless, and glory to the saved soul. Do you need him? He's as close as the mention of his name. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much we had for this opportunity to worship with you. We'd ask that you would watch over us today, that we would uh, invoke the name of Jesus to become more like Jesus. We ask all of this in the name of his son, your son, Jesus Christ. Amen.